Welcome back, guys, to another roundtable. My name is Adam. With me once again, I have Rusmin and Victor. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And today, we're going to talk about the investment quadrant. So what is that? So I realized that we've actually written an article on the investment quadrant many years ago. Uh, updated it along the way, but we've never actually talked about it mm. on the roundtable. So I yep. thought this was a perfect opportunity to have a chat about this and what exactly is this investment quadrant. All right. So uh, I think some of you may be familiar with Robert, Robert Kiyosaki's famous book, The Cash Flow Quadrant, where he kind of divides how people can basically make money. Yeah. Uh, and for us, this investment quadrant is an investment process that we use to basically analyze almost any single company. Uh, that we come across out there, yep. right? And it basically has four quadrants, all right? So we have the business, management, financials, valuation. And just like the cash flow quadrant, I think if you remember in Kiyosaki's uh, book, he was saying on one side of the quadrant, you have people who use exchange time for money. Yep. Yeah. And the other side was people who use money to make money. Yeah. Right? Yep. So same thing for our investment quadrant. You can see on the left side, you have business and management, which is our qualitative aspects of analyzing a business. And on the right side, financials and valuation, you have the quantitative aspects of analyzing a business. And I would say the left side is a lot more important. Yeah. So yeah. I think we focus a lot more on the business and management. At the end of the day, I think your financials is created by your business and management. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think a lot of beginners actually tend to focus a lot more on the on numbers at the yep. start. Because I think it's that's the, you know, the easier way to start. Yeah. Right. Because is, the business and management requires you to uh, build your experience throughout the years. It's not immediately that you, you understand what's business model, you know, how to spot uh, management at you know, telling the truth or are they lying and all this, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it takes time to kind of understand the business model and all that. Yeah. So we're going to go through this investment process. So if you don't have something that, you know, a system for you to work with to help you analyze any stock out there, you can make use of this one. We're going to go through the whole quadrant of all of them uh, step by step so you can use this for yourself, all right? Yep. So we're going to start with business, which I think is the most important yep. quadrant. So tell us a bit more about what the business quadrant is all about. I think the business quadrant is focused a lot of understanding the business, how the business actually uh, makes money itself, right? Because when you look at business, right, there's many types of business model, especially in uh, in the world or especially in the stock market, right? Mm -hmm. So not every businesses uh, are investable, I would say, right? Because some, some business... They exist because they are good for the economy, mm. but they may not be a good investment, right? But there's some business that they are good for the economy, they, but they are good for investment, right? So uh, for example, I think the, the especially the airline industry, right? It's very competitive. You know, uh, it's like uh, you got very good airline, like for instance, they are like the Ferrari, but you're in a traffic jam, right? Mm -hmm. Massive competition, right? So. Airlines is essential for the economy, but as an investment, I don't think it's a very good investment. Mm -hmm. So, so we in the in this business part, right, we need to understand what business are good for investment and what business are just good for economy, mm -hmm. and that's how we differentiate it uh, un under the business quadrant. Yeah. Then after that, we want to look for companies that have economic modes, right? I think Warren Buffett ex explained very well about the economic mode. Is like your your castle, you have a castle, then you have the river river around surrounding your castle, right? Which and is the moat, yeah. Which is the, the moat, moat, right? Yeah. So so you have a lot of goals in uh goal in, in the castle, right? So every time your enemy attack, if your moat is very weak, enemy can attack and take away your goal, mm -hmm. right? But if your moat is strong, you can maintain your goal while you go out and attack and get somebody else's goal, 
right? Okay, so, so I it's think that's like get, protecting your profit, <laughs> and trying to eat market share. Yeah, as well. correct. Yeah. So I think that's a very good analysis, and and a lot of times we need to understand, you know, what kind of companies do they have economic modes, and what are the different types of economic modes. So I think there's a lot of types, but I think one of the most common type of mode right now because of the internet is actually your switching cost mode, right? Okay. So for instance, let's talk about um this company called Adobe. Right, so for instance, Adobe they have this thing called I think it's Creative Cloud, am I right? Yeah, yeah, Creative Cloud. So you you, you subscribe them on a, a subscription basis. So so and you you can ask anybody who use Photoshop, right? Whether they can change out of Adobe, right? It, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you have you have friends Adobe. that have that. I mean, I can't even switch from like Windows, man. <laughs> you guys use Macs. I have no idea why. I, I <laughs> <laughs> no, you can switch out from Windows. <laughs> no, you, you, I can't. But this is yeah. switching cost, right? Yeah, and I think it's even higher yeah. for someone who uses creative software right, yeah. like Adobe which yep. is a lot more complicated yeah, because yeah. you kind of have to relearn all the features it takes way. years yeah. Yeah. to yeah. be expert at yeah. something there's a yeah. very very steep learning curve so once you learn you, you don't want to change it right? Yeah. I think for most people the easiest way to understand is the Microsoft Office right? Yeah. just think yeah. about yeah. other Office uh, software out you guys there. use Microsoft yeah. Office on, Everyone your, on your Macs, Macs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. oh yes <laughs> yeah. so, so, so once you understand the mode the next thing is you want to understand how competitive the you know the the company is in you know the industry right whether they are a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond because at the end of the day right you need to understand this because all these uh, things that you understand will link back to the financials mm-hmm. right so the financials tells you what happened in the past but what happened moving forward is going to come from the business, the business and the management itself yeah right then after after you know about the economic mode you need to know what are the possible growth drivers right yeah. the catalyst uh that can push up the revenue or the net profit of the company you know whether the company is you know having a circular uptrend right mm-hmm. in in their industry or yeah. are they going for a, a sunset industry right? yeah i think covid was a great example yep. of uh trends that really accelerated because of the Correct. pandemic and yeah. a lot of companies really wrote that yeah uh, some of them wrote them too high and then it's come <laughs> back down again. But I think those trends are here to stay. Those yeah, are structural yeah, things. Yeah, digitization, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So we also need to understand what's the difference between uh, growth drivers and growth plan, right? Okay. Because a lot of times uh, when your business, when you link back to the management, right? Your management always tells you a lot of uh, what are the plans they are going to do. It. Everyone's going to say nice things about yeah, the business, correct. right? Yeah. Everyone's going to say the wife yeah. is the, pretty, is the prettiest. And, <laughs> and all these plans need times to, you know, these times to happen, you know, yeah. right? So what we want to look for is growth driver, not growth plan, mm-hmm. right? So that is the... the so the what you're saying is back. growth drivers are real things that yes, you correct. can observe and measure. It's already happening. It's happening that yeah. can really push yeah. the company to the next yeah. level. Yes, correct. And you're saying you define growth plans as something that the management is just... Same. Planning to do, but it's just it's at this it, moment, it's just a plan. They're still uh, yeah. Ca- yeah. building castles in the sky. Yeah, yeah right? because yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs out there tend to sell dreams, right? yeah. Yeah. which is not even a reality. I mean, right? it's, it's part of the job, dream. right? Yeah, yeah it's part to, of the job. You, have to do yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. you need to get more people. But you need you know, to be discerning about yeah. what's really right. concrete right. Right. and what's still up in the air. Yeah. Okay. So so after you know all this, right, the 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 main thing that you need to know so is also the risk of the business. Because yeah. every business, right, any business, there's definitely risk. Yeah. There's definitely risk that will really affect their revenue or their net profit or maybe cause the company to bankrupt. So you need, before you even invest in the company, you need to identify all these possible risks, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. anytime when this risk happen, right, you are, you immediately knows the situation and you can take immediate action. And right. you have to be comfortable with yep. those risks because there's no company with no risk. Yeah. That doesn't exist. Correct. Yeah. So every company has risk. And if you're going to invest in that company 
and you know those risks, Correct. you have to be comfortable with those risks and yep. sleep at night. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that when it comes to risk, right, you also need to understand the number of risks that the company have. Yeah. Because some businesses, they are very good, they got very minimum risks, yeah. right? They got just a few risks that can move their revenue or That's net true. profit, That's right? Uh, but some business, they have multiple risks. So when you have multiple risks, right, this type of business, right, uh, we want to have higher margin of safety. Yeah. Now you can see that the business is linking back to the valuation. Yeah. So even though we are explaining uh, each segment uh, by individual, right, but actually if you were to link, right, they are all linked back to each other. That's why right? it's a quadrant. It's yeah. one system that right. we use yeah. all together. Yeah. yeah right. So it's not just individual. It's all, all linked back. Right. All right. Yeah. So, so that's the business. That's the business. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I think, of course, uh, after you found a good business, uh, almost like having a good Ferrari, you want to make sure the driver in it uh, is handsome. It's a good driver. Yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> <No>. handsome. <laughs> There's no point being handsome when you can't drive. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the main point, right? So yeah. you want to have uh, capable uh, drivers, basically the yeah. manager who run the, the, the car, run the business business right yep. so typically these are the people who want to make sure that you know, they they have skin the game right so yep. you want to make sure that the owners or the ceo cfo have their about their well actually yep. closely to the company so it is in their alignment it is in their interest to make sure the company perform well okay mm. so as a shareholder we are pretty much on the same page right but yep. the, having that said uh, that's one thing. Secondly, of course, you want to make sure that you know some some companies, especially in Asia, a lot of entrepreneurs list their companies to uh, not to make money for the shareholder, but to make money from the shareholder. Okay, okay there's so a big distinction there. Like cashing, yeah. cashing out in a sense. Cashing out in a sense. Yeah. So that is also the part where, as an investor, you want to check out. You know whether are they paying themselves too much? Okay, mm-hmm. because there's the way for them to cash out. Okay, and uh, that th- happens in the US as well. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. happens in the US. Yeah. Um, but in Asia, I think the Asian entrepreneurs are a lot. I would say more sly. <laughs> so, I mean, we have gone through since quite a lot of companies that are you know, barely making profit and yet they are paying themselves millions. Okay. <laughs> Which is something that, you know, is not a good thing as yeah. a shareholder. When you look at them, they are not making money for you, right? So, yep. that's something that you also want to be able to find out. Okay. And of course, uh, we also look at uh, things like whether they are buying in time of crisis. So, in the recent example, we talk about, I think, Starbucks, right? Mm. The founder, uh, Howard Schwartz yeah. right, uh, uh, has been buying back share which is kind of give you a yeah, clue a that good. hey yeah. Yeah. Uh, this founder is taking out his own money and then buying back share and this guy market. have a track record of already turned around the business yes. you get what I mean yeah, yeah. yeah. of course there's a succession risk because he, yep. this, this is the second time that's happening right yep. so these are the things that you know, we look at as a shareholder of course the Fourth thing, of course, you look at the allocation behavior, okay, uh, whether the management know how to, what to do with the dollar profit that they make. Do they buy back shares or do they pay out the dividends or do they reinvest it, right? Or do they use it, the money to buy Bitcoin? Uh, which is, I mean, it could, be, could not be the, yeah. may not Who be the- Who are you trying the, to say? <laughs> I mean, there's so many, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, but obvious <laughs> one is, of course, uh, Elon Musk, right? I mean, as an investor, I wouldn't want to invest in Tesla, although that company has made a lot of money for uh, Tesla shareholder. But obviously, there's also a case where you know Elon Musk is trying to run so many companies at one go, although he's a, really a smart guy. But at the same time, he can be quite problematic in the media. Right? So, yeah, so uh, I mean, I guess Tesla investors 
they should be aware of those risks yep. yeah. and be comfortable with them. And some of them are really comfortable with yep. whatever's yeah. happening. Yes. Yep. And yeah. the whole Tesla is Elon Musk, right? So yeah. if anything happens to him in the worst case situation, it's a key it man risk. Key man yep. risk, right? Yeah. So these are the kind of things that you really want to pay attention. Of course, there's one more part where we like to pay attention. You know, in Association Asia, again, is a related party transaction mm -hmm. where a lot of uh, fraud it occurs, right? And this is an area where I think a lot of investors never really pay attention, right? Because um, it's also a way for the entrepreneur to fund the money outside of the company after they list it. Okay. Right? So there are many ways to do it. One of it, of course, through transaction with the entity that belongs to the founder, okay, privately owned. Of course, they have to disclose it. Right? So, uh, and as an investor, of course, you need to know how to find this information, yep. okay, which you're going to separate between a good driver and a bad driver. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so you ultimately you want to invest in companies that have a uh, no good manager uh, and you know, they don't take advantage of you at the yep. end of the day. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All so right. I think at the end of the day, uh, what we are looking for is management that we can trust, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and also tracking their behavior because a lot of management, they sell you dreams like we talk about the growth, growth plan, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, we should focus on this sentence called well done is better than well said, right? Yeah. Focus yeah. on yes. their, their behavior should rather than focus the, on what they say. Did you learn that from the army? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear that all the time when I was in the army. Is it? Yeah. Well done is better than well said. Yeah. Well uh, said. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So after you, you, you get the hangout of the business uh, quadrant and the management quadrant, then you comes to the financial quadrant. Yeah. So at the financial quadrant, what you are look out for is actually the standard matrix, like your gross profit margins, your net profit margins, whether the revenue and net profit is consistent. These are the initial filters that you, when you look at the financial quadrant side to get it, your ROE, your return on equity, whether they are cash flow positive, uh, whether they have high cash, low debt or mm -hmm. high debt, low cash mm -hmm. and and all those like capex that they need to use, right? So all these are basic numbers that you can see when you look at the financial quadrant. And usually when most beginners, right, they will go straight to the financials to screen out all the companies. But you, like I explained, in, in the end, the financial quadrants, right, or the financial numbers are, is created by the business and the management. Whatever you see right now, based on the past track record, right, is backward looking, yeah. right? Like what Buffett yeah. said, you drive the car, but you look at the rear view mirror, mm -hmm. right? So the business and the management is the forward looking one that will create the future number. Mm -hmm. So yeah. at the end of the day, is you can get good business out of looking at financial numbers, but you still need to look forward to the future by focusing a lot on the business and the management, yeah. right? So after, after you look at the consistency, uh, if everything is consistent, basically it's easy, right? Mm -hmm. But if there's one, one or two years, there's some spike, uh, that's that's where you need to go and find out what what happened is down there, and you want to yeah. remove all those exceptional uh, mm -hmm. items. Mm -hmm. Then after the financial quadrant, we then we will move on to the valuation quadrant, which is usually done at the last part. Mm -hmm. You don't immediately do the valuation at the first part, right? You need to understand yeah. the business, the management, the financial. Then finally, the valuation. So mm -hmm. when we when we comes to valuation quadrant, right, we have a, always a phrase. Why why valuation is important is because. A great company can be a bad investment when purchased at the wrong price, mm. right? So buying the company at the right price is very important. So for instance, if you look at uh, Coca-Cola in, I think, 1998, they picked in 1998 at a very, very high valuation, 40 over time. At, at the point of time, Coca-Cola is almost around the world. I and think it was 40 times uh, price to earnings, earnings, you're saying? Price to earnings, okay. yes, correct. And and, and that, that peak price, price right, took you about, I think, 14 or 16 years to break even oh, back to the same price. Okay. If you have bought that, right, because the valuation was very high at the point of time. Mm -hmm. But if you have bought Coca-Cola, you know, when it drops, 
uh, crash it down and you have bought throughout the years, your return should be much better than, than that, right? So buying at the right price is really very important. Uh, you, you'll learn how to, you know, uh, value them because there's a lot of valuation metrics, uh, your PE, your price to book, your PEG, your price to sales, your price to cash flow, and also some, some people, they use the discounted. Uh, yeah. Cash flow model and all yeah. this. Speaking of this, of course, uh, last year twenty twenty one, I think it's also one of the it years where two years ago, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the year where I think you saw we saw a lot of uh, yep. high tech growth yep. companies yep. that are trading at uh, high price to sales, not even price oh, to earnings. I mean, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. they are trading above fifty times, hundred times, right? Yep. So today, you look at them. A lot of them have been corrected at least eighty, seventy percent down, right? Yep. So that speaks a lot about valuation. When people start to ignore about valuation, they Correct. overpay for things. Things, and usually yeah. ended up with big massive yeah. losses. Right? Yeah. So yeah. so having the right valuation is very important, like what was been said. Because I I remember last year twenty twenty one we we basically do nothing because that's <laughs> we so just hard did to research, but yeah, we're just waiting we just dabble so, a bit. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, just a yeah. bit here and there. But there's 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 really very very few ideas to look. A lot of people ask us, you know, what should you look at and all this. We say that you know it should be more defensive on on 2021 yeah. but, but this year I think we are slightly becoming more aggressive slightly yeah. because so recently the market have entered into yeah. the bear territory yeah. so we were quite aggressive I think second half of last year on Chinese tech mainly because valuation was yep. very attractive right? Yep. and yep. the business of those companies and the management are pretty solid as well yep. yeah yeah, I think the thing with valuation is that when you do the whole, like, I guess when you're new to this thing, yep. finally found a system that works for you and makes sense, and you apply it, and then, it, oh, you found great business, great management, great financials, and you just just want to buy yeah. straight away because you're yep. so excited about buying something, finding something, yep. yes. that you just want to own it straight away, but you've got to wait. You hold your horses and wait for the right price. Yep. I think because that lesson is really important because if you don't, you're not able to control your impulse and you just want to buy all the time. You can get <laughs> yeah. in a lot of trouble in the stock market as well. Correct. Yeah. You really have to determine the, the stock value. Yeah. The, the, what we call it, intrinsic value, right? Yeah. Using all those valuation methods that I just uh, mentioned and uh, and most importantly, to buy it with a margin of safety because at the end of the day, um, as much as we want to predict the value, sometimes we may be wrong also. And right? things can change. Yeah, correct. The future is unpredictable. Yeah, correct. So if you have a margin of safety, right, uh, you buffer for any possible events that is unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So basically, this entire quadrant is what we use to, correct. I think, apply to, to analyze almost a- any company out there. Yeah, it, yep. it's a framework that we use to yeah analyze any companies out there and also a framework that we use to build our conviction, right? So mm-hmm. in the case where there's a market crash, the company share price dropped 20%, this is where our conviction comes from because yep. we have done the research, we have used the framework to analyze those companies and this is where we will not be panicking when other people are selling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you've, it's done, a, you've done all that work. Yes. This yeah. Whole thing. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've run, gone through so many roundtables, right? So a lot of time we you hear us talking about, you know, uh, a lot of companies. But actually, behind these companies that we analyze, actually, this is the framework that we use it yeah. to analyze yeah. them. Yeah. And when we talk about these companies, I mean, the roundtable is like 15, 20 minutes. It seems <laughs> like we're just sharing oh. easy stuff about yeah. the company, but it took like months yeah. or maybe years, years work, to work, yeah. understand this company and yeah. just distill right. that information and that context yeah. in the way we understand it. Yeah. That makes sense for us yeah. you know, as an investment. And this is a very comprehensive framework and the, those roundtables that we share usually are more brief in summary, right? Yeah. So, I mean, a company you analyze, you can take about an hour to present. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is yeah. just the surface of the investment quadrant. I mean, yes. this, I mean we, we give you like the, the hitters, I guess. Yeah. But how do you do all these things really takes practice. You need a system. And yeah. if you're looking for a system and you've been like chasing 
you know, I guess stocks all this time because someone told you to buy this because this looks sexy. Um, you can kind of like yeah. stop and use this right now. Yeah. If you don't have anything like that. So actually, if you this whole investment quadrant system actually comes from a course called Investment Quadrant. Okay, okay. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, which is actually open right now. So as you know, we don't really uh, you know open our courses all the time. We open it once a year. So at this point in time, we're opening Investment Quadrant. You can go to investmentquadrant.com. And we basically teach this entire process based yeah. on this investment quadrant to basically analyze the stocks that we analyze. Yeah, yep. basically yep. we show you how to do it, right? So yep. I talk about their pay. Okay, where do you look at, right? So yep. these are the things that you learn in the investment quadrant. Yeah, ownership, right? yep. how much stake the ins insiders own. If you don't know where to figure this out, okay, so investment quadrant is where it's going to show you. It's like it puts everything for you in a step-by-step. Yeah, step. Right. and also the valuation. Oh, how do you calculate PE, PB, yep. right, and stuff like that. And also, I think uh, basically we just shared the quadrant itself, but on top of the 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 investment quadrant we also have uh teaching you how do you look for ideas yeah. right and also uh, when to enter as it how do you see whether the market is expensive cheap you know when yeah. is the right time to enter the market yeah. right and when is that right when is the time where you want to be more defensive you know yeah right do not enter the uh don't enter the market just nibble a bit and also we want to talk extensively on the portfolio management also yeah and on top of that we also do have a live webinar during the once a year open investment quadrant which you can attend unlimited as long as we conduct the webinar uh, every year right yeah right so and also there's some q a questions where you can ask us unlimited i think there's a lot of questions in the investment you're answering quadrant. questions almost every day yeah right? <laughs> so as long as you ask question i'll be there usually take about one or two days for me to answer yeah, so that. i think that questions are an important thing because i think yeah. even if you have a system it's kind of like straightforward yeah. step by step you're bound yeah. to have questions you're bound to have like does yeah. this make sense does it make Correct. sense and yeah you and Rusmin are yep. there for these guys as yeah. well. Yeah, and also during the live webinar, we also do share uh, live uh, investable case, stu uh, case studies that you can look at uh, that uh, we think personally, in our own opinion, is undervalued right now. All right. right. So if you're interested to find out more about you know the investment quotient, if you're looking for a system that you can apply for yourself to invest in the stock market, do check out investment quotient at investmentquadrant.com. We'll put out the link so it's easy for you to go there. Uh, it's open right now till... I think 10th of July. July yes. yep. yep. So that will close it right there and then. And then the next time it reopens will be next year. So we open it once a year. If you want to check it out, please go check it out right now. So by the time you're watching this, I don't know if it's still open. All right. So go to investmentquadrant.com. So I guess this is pretty much what yep. investing is all about. You do need a system to make things as predictable yeah. as yep. possible. Repeatable. And yeah. repeatable. Yes. Kind of yep. like, a, like a factory. Yeah. Yep. You know, there's yep. a quality controls in place yep. rather than trying to like Oh, yeah. get it. Just throw something together. <laughs> <laughs> and you get lucky once in a yeah, while, but yeah. then you get hit most of the time. Yep. Yep. So, yep. So, I think that's pretty much it for this roundtable, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. So, once again, my name is Adam. That is Rusmin. This is Victor. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you really learned something, especially if you're seeking a system that can really help you, you know, get better results in the stock market. If you're really interested, just go to investmentquadrant.com. A lot more details over there. And of course, it's going to be open for a limited time only. So, once again, thank you so much for joining us. If you like this roundtable, please hit the like button. Tell us you're doing a great job. Of course, any questions, you can always put them in the comment section. Of course, subscribe to our roundtable table many more I mean, I mean subscribe to our channel many more round tables coming up as well and we'd love to see you again so take care and see you around